I thought I got a concussion, um, but uh, I shook it off. Um, um, Krager, uh, our captain, um, said, um, Mac, you, um, you, you all right? Um, we got a power play and, uh, I was just shaking it off and I was just like, okay, um, okay. Um, and then the world just went dark. Um, I rotated my head, um, above, um, and then rotated my head to the right and then blacked out. That was Wade McLeod. And I'm Brad, and this is Beyond the Big Red Truck Podcast. Up. It has been a while, taking a little bit of time off, a little personal development, a little professional development, and now I'm so honored and grateful that I'm able to help share the story and the conversation that I had today with an amazing human being who just happens to be an amazing hockey player, amazing father, amazing husband, amazing son. And his name is Wade McLeod. Uh, Wade is a professional hockey player. Uh, Wade has been through some life-changing events. And, and the most significant in the beginning was on the ice. He, he, he took a hit into the boards. And his life changed forever. As a result of that hit, they discovered a golf ball-sized tumor on his brain. And fast forward to today, Wade has had four brain surgeries. And he has just finished radiation treatment, six weeks of radiation. So uh, he's on a six-week break right now before he starts his chemo and so his amazing supportive wonderful wife Carly is also joining us in the conversation to to contribute and to help Wade uh with you know anything that he might not remember or just to add to to this amazing inspiring uplifting story about you know one person's journey and it's not just actually one person it affects everybody that Wade has come in contact with, including obviously his wife, his daughter, and his entire family, and his and the entire hockey community that he's been involved in. Um, they have a GoFundMe page set up by one of their amazing friends. So I will talk about that at the end. An amazing life with Carly and Ava Marie and contributing, and as Wade says too, you know, he's going to start training again. So I can't wait to see that happen. That's going to be absolutely amazing. And I just hope that you really enjoy this heartfelt, real conversation about life. And, and despite obstacles in your life, you can 
keep fighting and you can overcome those obstacles. And Wade and his wife Carly are the epitome of that. So thank you for joining me. This is an amazing conversation. And just as a heads up, there are a lot of pauses in this podcast, uh, in the conversation with Wade and Carly. Um, And I just chose to leave those in because I wanted to really express how hard this is for Wade. And this was the real conversation. And I wanted you to hear the real conversation. And I hope you enjoy Wade McLeod and his wife, Carly. All right, uh, Wade, how you doing, buddy? Good, good, good. good. Yeah, and uh, just first of all, I just want to thank you and uh, your wife, Carly, for having me here at your house. Um, You know, um, and we've just been talking for about an hour, so, you know, we've talked about a lot of this. But I honestly, I'm really grateful that, uh, you know, you've invited me to your house and, uh, you know, allowed me to share, help you share your story, um, you know, and, and, uh, talk about, uh, talk about the stuff you've been, you've been going through and, and your experience. So, mm-hmm. uh, thank you, man. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I truly appreciate it. So I just, uh, wanted to say that first you're, of all. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. So why don't we just start with, uh, you know, if you want to just talk a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and, and a little bit about your, you know, where you started playing hockey and I know you played for, well, the research I did, uh, says you, you know, you, you started playing, uh, or you were playing for Burnaby winter club and so, yeah, I know you had uh, some success there. So yeah. Um, we can talk a little bit about that. I've played for, uh, Burnaby winter club, um, growing up. Um, yeah, um, played, uh, um, played, uh, um, sorry, buddy. Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you grow up? Uh, Coquitlam. Coquitlam. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I played out in Burnham Winter Club, uh, um, novice to, bantam nice um had some really good success um i actually uh had some my mom brought down uh um a plaque um for me uh for um 60 and 0 um and uh and think that was adam adam yeah and then uh yeah, so we had um Pacific um hockey league banners and um trophies and Quebec and um so we were um we were 60 and 0 and uh yeah and um and then uh I moved to Coquitlam and um made uh bantam triple a um and then uh went through a hardship um um made uh bantam b2 and then uh i said uh i didn't want to play hockey anymore (laughs) (laughs) and uh my mom said uh 
I'll be quiet. Um, hockey is your life and yeah. And, uh, I, uh, I definitely, um, appreciate my mom and all that she'd done for me. And, um, and so, um, B2, um, B1 and, uh, AAA, I just had fun, um, playing with, uh, playing with all my buddies and, um, and then, uh, and then, uh, I played, uh, a spring tournament, um, one year, um, at eight rinks and, uh, I was, um, I had a hat trick in the semifinal game and, uh, and then Ron Lanou, um, approached me and, uh, he, um, said that, uh, if I didn't have a place to play, um, play for us, um, um, Poco Buckaroos. Oh, nice. Um, so I played for them for about, uh, 14 games. And then I was called up to merit. And, uh, then I played 41 games and had 41 points and then schools were looking at me. Right. Yeah. And then you had you had kind of a breakout season with Merritt, didn't mm-hmm. you? Like yeah. in your second year. I yeah. I, I, I have um, to uh we can't go without talking about that. that yeah. Was, uh, um I think I had a hat trick and a assist in my first game and uh then the schools were really looking at me and um and then I think I was leading the league in for about two months. Nice. Um, and then, uh, um, I signed with, uh, Northeastern and, um, I think I had, uh, 105 points that year and 60 games. So it's, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. 51 goals. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I was just doing a bit of reading about your, uh, your hockey career there too. And it said, you're behind, just behind, like a couple, uh, you know, N- of NHL mm-hmm. buddies of yours, right? And Terrace yeah. and uh, yeah. Bozak, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's awesome, man. Like that is a massive season. There's yeah. not many 105 point seasons. <laughs> so, congrats on that. And then you went to North uh, Northeastern. Yeah. And you got uh, you got a business degree. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and. Um... I met uh, my lovely wife, uh, Carly, um, uh, shortly after my junior se- junior season. Yeah. 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 Summer summer of junior season, um, and then uh, yeah. How did you guys meet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that? Yeah, I would no, talk about just, that. We just, <laughs> I feel like we just are heavy with a lot of different things yeah <laughs> especially the way we met <laughs> okay yeah. yeah no no worries sure should you take it no you tell <laughs> <laughs> um 
we actually uh, met um, first um, in uh, Carly had a party, um, and I was reluctant to go, um, but uh, my friends said, "Don't don't worry about it." Um, um, so we went um, because he didn't know anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, so we were shotgunning beers and <laughs> um, nice. uh, and uh, we noticed uh, the music uh, coming around from the back so we went around the, the back and um, sh- slowly climbed up the stairs um, and uh, Taylor Carly's brother um, popped uh, on the stairs and um, stairs crashed oh. and and it was like probably like 11 feet tall yeah nice <laughs> yeah so um my buddy pierre was on one side of grass taylor was on the other side of grass and um i didn't even spill my beer <laughs> <laughs> and uh luckily i was on the bottom stair um but um but yeah that's how we first met <laughs> nice I like it yeah that's a good story yeah the stairs come crashing down <laughs> okay cool so you guys um and you you met in Boston or here yeah here um, okay. um the beginning of summer is when we first met um but the relationship didn't start uh till the end of summer um till about uh, a week mm-hmm. um, where I went back. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Um, do you want to add some stuff? <laughs> uh, well, we just, it was just that we, it was about a week before he had to leave. And then that's when we started showing interest in one another. Oh, sorry. Do you, want me to, do you want me to just sit closer to him? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't until a week before he left for school that we started showing interest in one another. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then it was pretty crazy because we were really starting to fall for each other and then all of a sudden he left. Yeah. But we weren't, there wasn't really anything... I don't know, committed or so we just, I didn't know if I'd ever see him again or if anything was going to happen from whatever that was. And then we just talked nonstop and yeah, I booked a trip over a couple months later and it was like the scariest thing I had ever done. (laughs) I was kind of freaked out that I'd be stuck in this single bed dorm room and want to go home instantly, (laughs) but it all worked out. Yeah, (laughs) It worked out for the best. Yeah. Nice. Cool. So then you finish your final year at Northeastern and how'd that go and what happened after that? Um, I finished my final year at Northeastern and I signed a professional contract um, with Springfield um, and was um, happy to 
to go play my first game um, and I scored my first goal in my first period. Um, I still remember it uh, to this day. Uh, I got a pass from um, from a defenseman um, and toe-dragged uh, um, a defenseman and uh, roofed it. Nice. And, uh, and um, I... Um, coach called uh, Crow, and who's my um, um, college coach, and uh, he said, uh, um, damn it. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. You know what? Yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had four brain surgeries, so. <laughs> hey, absolutely yeah don't i mean don't don't even worry about it yeah and, i mean um so you scored your first goal on your first period in yeah your first pro game yeah and things are seem like they're going pretty well for you yeah um but then um didn't score a goal and didn't score a point in eight games so um, definitely, um, had my share of ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I, um, got two points in my last game. So, um, luckily I signed a contract for next year. So, um, <laughs> nice. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so. Next year um, um, was really good. Um, that's the the funnest time I think I've ever ever had in uh, um, in a like playing hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. That's um, and. Um, Carly, um, it's felt like, uh, uh, felt like, uh, a big family. Nice. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, that was the, so Wade and I did long distance for the first two years while right. we were both in school. And so moving, we both moved to Springfield mm -hmm. and, it was such a cool experience. Yeah. Everyone, it really was like a family. And they had, um, I don't know, out of all the years he played, it was probably, like, it was fun for me, too, because there was the biggest group of girls. <laughs> and it was just so cool because all of us hung out. Like, all, everyone was good friends. It wasn't clicky or anything. Everyone was just a, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was a good support system. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I luckily signed uh with springfield after um and then that the lockout happened right yeah and uh so guys were sent down who probably shouldn't have been there right. um and 
I was finding myself in and out of the lineup and um, in and out of the East Coast Hockey League. Right. Um, and um, when the lockout ended, um, I was called back up and was riding a seven-game point streak. Um, I think I turned it into an eight-game point streak, and then the the world changed. Then your world changed. Yeah. Okay. So, do you want to do you want to talk about that then? Yeah. And just uh, and kind of you know explain if you can or if you want to you know, um, how how that changed for you. Um. So. I got assist um, the first period, and then I don't I don't know if um, it's um, second period or I don't know, um, but um, I got hit um, against the glass, um, and it was basically a two-minute penalty. Um, and I thought I got a concussion, um, but uh, I shook it off. Um, um, Krager, uh, our captain, um, said, um, Mac, you, um, you, you all right? Um, we got a power play. And uh, I was just shaking it off and I was just like okay um okay um and then the world just went dark um I rotated my head um above um and then rotated my head to the right and then blacked out right. and uh I don't know how long I blacked out for, um, but I woke up on a stretcher. Um, Carly was on the bench. My mom was on the bench. Um, and then I knew something was wrong. And then uh, I found out... Uh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I found out... Uh, Shortly after that, um, I was in this, uh, um, the ambulance, and uh, I had a seizure. Um, and uh, I knew that was not good, <laughs> um, but um, but uh, they were going to do some. Um, some te more tests um, on what happened. So um, I remember when the doctor came in and um, she told me that I had a, a mass in my brain. So this size of uh the size of a golf ball and um i immediately um looked down and uh 
Yeah. It's all right, buddy. Just take your time. We can we can talk about whatever you want. If you, um, no. no. Um, <clears throat> this needs to be said. Um, um, so. okay honestly just take your time just um just tell me whenever yeah um so the um the consensus the consensus was um I had a golf ball sized tumor in my brain and uh, and that I'm I needed to get it out um, and um, Dr. Chioka um, and um, Dr. Reardon um, was able to um, get it out. <laughs> um, Dr. Chioka was, um, was really reassuring. Um, and, uh, that if I wanted to play hockey again, that he would make me play hockey again. Nice. And so that was, uh, that was reassuring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so I ended up having surgery on March 26th, um, 2015? No. 2013? Yeah. 2012, was it? Do you know what it is? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I, I want to say that um, if, if it was in the second year of you being in Springfield, that it would have been in 2012. Yeah, I think okay. it's 2012. 2012. Because then you played another season. Did yeah. you play three in Springfield? No. Just two. two. Just two. two. Okay. Um, do you mind if I add to it? Mm -hmm. I know um, when... So recently, I mean, I guess I'll repeat a little bit of what we've already talked about, but when we, Wade has been writing a bit of his story and we recently reread a bit of this time and I forgot about um, the different dynamics and the struggles that Wade was having to overcome. Um, for us, like our only concern was getting this thing out or dealing with it. Yeah. But for Wade, he had the other dynamic of wrapping his head around hockey. It's actually kind of interesting reading um, that dynamic of what you went through at that time because you had this struggle of dealing with the strike and dealing with being in and out of the lineup. And then all of a sudden, his hockey career seemed like it was thriving and we were all so excited we were I remember we were talking about oh maybe this is your year like we really really were excited for him and what he was able to accomplish and then all of a sudden this happens mm -hmm. and it just 
felt almost like it was ripped away from him. And um, he wrote a lot about how his only concern was getting, well, not only concern, but he really, really wanted to make sure he could play hockey again. And that was a huge concern of his dealing with all of this. And it didn't help that it was in, it was so public because, you know, it ended up being all over the news. People from back home were finding out about it because they were showing it on the news. And so it wasn't really helping his, I guess, chances of making it with it being that public. And um, Columbus was the affiliate team for Springfield, and they didn't want Wade stepping back on the ice until we got answers. So in order to do that, there was lots of doctors he had to see to get different inputs, which was really interesting because we went to like the first uh, neurologist or neurosurgeon, and he was saying that, you know, this thing could have been something you've lived with your whole life. Mm -hmm. I say, let's just wait and see. And how this thing grows, like I think it's safe to just take the wait and see approach and if you feel okay, I say you're okay to go back on the ice. So Wade left that appointment feeling so excited and so relieved that he could play hockey again. And then the team was like, no, 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 we need to get another opinion on this. So we got a second opinion and that doctor said, yeah, like I think that, um, I think that you should and maybe I'm getting the orders mixed up but he basically gave a different Mm -hmm. opinion and he suggested you know I think you should see Dr. Chioka who might have better clarification on this and when we saw Dr. Chioka he basically made us all reassured that okay we know what we need to do because he said if this was my son I would have him in for surgery tomorrow and hearing that like made us feel like okay we need to deal with this like it made us all feel better knowing that that thing, whatever it is, was out of his head. Right. And, but yeah, so we of course didn't make a decision that moment, but we went home with that information, pretty much knowing what the next steps were, but we just needed to process it all. And then that's when Wade was able to talk to this other guy that was a hockey player. And it was a, I guess he was in touch with him through a friend he played with at Northeastern. And he um, got Wade connected with his friend that he grew up with back in Toronto. And he was a hockey player who had a seizure and they found a tumor in his head and he had brain surgery. So it was just such a surreal. I remember the night, like it was yesterday, coming home and Wade shared with me the back and forth text messages he had with this guy he didn't even know and they had this long conversation about his experience and what he went through and and Wade was told through from Dr. Chioka that there could be a possibility based on the location of the tumor that he could lose um, part of his function on the right side of his body Um, It might just be a small percentage, but that small percentage can make a difference of continuing to be a professional athlete. So that was a concern for Wade. And then the other concern was it was really close to his speech skills. And then to top all that off, there was also the discussion of how he wants to consider, he doesn't know yet, but there's um, the consideration that he might need to be woken up during brain surgery because they would want to make sure that they wouldn't um, 
anything that they were doing in surgery wasn't affecting his speech or motor skills. So processing that was just so scary for us. And I can't even imagine what it was like for Wade to like process that as an individual, knowing that that was going to happen to him. But being able to talk to this guy, like he actually told Wade he was woken up during his surgery. So just like forget about the hockey and like having someone that he could actually talk to and know that like someone else even just went through a brain surgery and had to be woken up and hearing that like he's okay and he played hockey again. Like it just gave Wade so much more reassurance in making the decision for that surgery. And I remember that like when we committed to the date, it was like shortly after that conversation, I feel like it was probably the day after we were like, okay, we're going to do this. All of a sudden the surgery was booked within a couple days. Wow. Like it just was crazy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> like it was just unbelievable, but it's like ripping off a bandaid. It's better than waiting and waiting right. for mm-hmm. that day to come. Right. Cause we're actually doing this now. Yeah. Was, yeah. 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 Yeah, so um, going into surgery, um, I remember um, being woken up, um, and I just, um, I remember uh, Dr. Chioka just asking me, to wiggle my toes and wiggle my hands and um, ask if we were, uh, if I was a good hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and then I was put to sleep. Um, and then I woke up um, and didn't, uh, couldn't speak. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So, and I could articulate what I wanted to say mm-hmm. um, but uh, I couldn't um, make out um, couldn't get the words out yeah and wow. uh, that lasted uh, about, at least a month yeah a month and did you have to do, like, did you go to speech yeah. therapy and yeah. stuff like that? So I remember um, 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 going to speech therapy probably the day after surgery. And just, um, I wanted to talk again. Right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my speech therapist, uh, she said, well, um, usually... Um, people come two months after surgery. Um, you're here the next day. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, um, I went there, uh, every day, um, until, um, I had it figured out. Right. Yeah. And that's probably the, the athlete in you too. Yeah. Just going, Hey. You know, I can do this, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I can overcome this and I've mm-hmm. been through other things and yeah, I mean that, that makes total sense mm-hmm. that you would want to do that right away mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, um, 
I came home and um, mm, um, trained hard and uh, called in a favor um, from uh, um, Cronin, uh, Craig Cronin, uh, who's our assistant uh, for the Maple Leafs, and asked him for a favor. Um, and uh, so I got a tryout with uh, the Toronto Marlies and um, I made the team. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and uh, um, I couldn't be happier. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. And so you, you're make, you try out for the Marlies and how how's that going for you and like health wise and like you're pretty healthy at that point yeah um i was um cleared to play six months after um surgery um so i was good to go um and uh i was focused on on uh on hockey um um, and, um, uh, so I, um, scored, um, back to back games. Um, and then, uh, the coach signed me and, um, yeah, um, I couldn't, uh, couldn't be happier. Um, um, yeah. Nice. And in Marley's, you playing at a Maple Leaf? Uh, like in Toronto, like right mm-hmm. downtown Toronto. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was good experience. Um, practice, uh, was, um, uh, one, uh, um, 180 feet or, uh, what was it? 200 feet to the big club. Yeah. So, um, the, the one rink was, um, was there and then the other rink was there. And then, um, so it was, uh, 200 feet to the big club, um, in the, the f- plastered on the wall. Um, so nice. Yeah. So, uh, it was definitely yeah. a different what an experience. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah, it was definitely a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the fact that um, there's meals catered for us and um, um, they treated you guys a little bit more yeah. like the like the big guys. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you got well, a better taste like you of said, it. You're 200 feet from yeah. yeah from your probably your dream as yeah. a as a little kid, right? Yeah, like yeah. That must have been amazing. Yeah. And I remember they did um, like a joined Christmas for all of you guys too. Yeah. So it was kind of cool because usually it's just completely separate. I mean, they're always in different cities, but they brought the AHL guys with the NHL guys for the Christmas celebration. And they did things like that that made it feel, I don't know, that much more special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, I gets I got sent down um 
probably February, um, probably um, because the Leafs weren't doing so good, um, and then um, the trickle-down effect, and um, so um, I got sent down to Orlando, and um, and then um, I signed in Idaho the next year, um, but uh, um, I never really understood um, quite uh, quite um, what's the word um, quite because um, I had um, a really good season in, in uh, Idaho um, but, uh, people were getting called up or, um, all around me, mm -hmm. like guys on my team, guys on guys that had less points than me. And, um, I talked to my agent and just said, um, what's going on? And, uh, and, um, he said that you're on you're on everyone's list and be patient and uh but um i i realized that um that the seizure the seizures had something to do with it mm -hmm. um and uh um i made the decision to head off to europe okay so were you having more seizures at that point? Um, I had another seizure in Toronto. Okay. But um, um, but uh, there was no real reason um, that uh, I should have had one. But um, well, we when Wade. Um first had his seizure in Springfield, they went through all the protocols of, you know, he couldn't drink anymore, mm -hmm. limit your coffee intake, stay well hydrated, well rested, because all of those things could be a reason for him to have another seizure. Okay. And he was on anti-seizure medication, mm -hmm. like ever, he never stopped after the first seizure in Springfield. And they had just gotten back in Toronto from a really long road trip and you know flying makes you dehydrated um the whole trip he was with a roommate that was like snoring so he didn't get like as much sleep as he mm -hmm. normally does and then they did some crazy bag skate like after their trip and he came I remember he had a Red Bull that night too which is another thing that probably he shouldn't have had so we we're thinking maybe it was just like the perfect storm that generated it. Maybe he didn't have, he was in, he always goes for follow-up MRIs. So he was in the clear with no tumor. Um, I think maybe it just was a bunch of those things that made it happen. Right. And then it was tough because shortly after that is when he got sent down to Orlando. So we couldn't help but wonder, was it, because of the team dynamics or was it because they were freaked out with the seizure right. again and 
Mm-hmm. And it happened, it didn't happen on the ice, it happened at home. But Wade, like when you have a seizure, you just are completely drained for like a good couple days after. And so Wade had to call in and be honest and tell him what happened, his, tell his coach what happened the night before. So mm-hmm. that was kind of tough mm-hmm. seeing that once again, you know, you just want, yeah. when you love someone, you just want them to fulfill their dream and having seeing it be ripped away like that. It's just, it's really upsetting mm-hmm. But he doesn't stop being positive. <laughs> He's always so positive. So I know that definitely helped get him through it. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, <clears throat> I can't, I can't imagine. I, you know, um, and, and in the, one of the hardest parts, I think we talked about a little bit before, but, uh, just the no control, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, that's one of the hardest things I think to wrap your head around yeah. um, and try to deal with stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a different experience for both of you. Mm-hmm. You're experiencing the actual, you know, seizures and you're experiencing, you know, the, the person that you love in pain and all that stuff. So oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's. Ugh, and then the seizures, mm-hmm. <laughs> like witnessing. I don't know why it's like I always am the one that is there for them. <laughs> but it is so scary. It doesn't matter how many times it happens mm-hmm. or how many doctors tell us, like, it's a safe thing if it ever happens. Right. Like, every single one of them is always so scary. Right. Like, it just. Absolutely. Sometimes, like, it literally just feels like I'm losing yeah. my husband every single time. And he, of course, comes out every single time. Yeah. But in that moment, like, it just is out of his control. It's out of my control. We don't know what's happening or the right. cause for it. And it makes us instantly question, like, the tumor aspect. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on in your brain to be causing yeah. these mm-hmm. seizures? And, I don't know, it's just... my Like, I honestly don't know how people handle watching their kids go through that when you hear those stories of kids having seizures like a hundred times a day or like I don't even know how people can handle that yeah it's one thing seeing any loved one your husband but like a child is just Mm -hmm. ugh, I can't even wrap my head around that yeah it's it's unbelievable yeah and uh all right so you at this point you're in Boise and you decide to go to Germany yeah in 2015 yeah and you have a pretty awesome season as far as I'm concerned like <laughs> looking at just looking at the stats but like you seem pretty good how are, how are you doing like how's your yeah. health and how are you doing over in Germany um very good yeah yeah nice and um I'm loving German life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, just um we um all of our four imports uh had a good season. Um um but uh especially um me and CJ Stretch um we signed uh we signed um next year um with frankfurt yeah um um so that 
was unreal. Um, uh, um, but but then we had another letdown um, when we got home. Um, but the thing that was weird about it was we had the whole year it was kind of in limbo. Yeah. Because we had, um, shortly after we got back, from, or sorry, since we, shortly after we got to Germany, yeah. we got a call from his doctor saying that there seemed, and it was his family doctor, because um, we dealt with everything. We continued to send all of his follow-up scans to Boston to his doctor that did the surgery. And his family doctor called him because they found some abnormal malady in his latest scan before we left for Germany and it was crazy like we just we actually got married a week before this crazy Mm -hmm. move to Europe so we were living on cloud nine and then it just felt like we just got hit by this Mm -hmm. thing again and we didn't know what if it was true or not like if there really was something coming back but we just had to deal with it by saying you know that's not his specialty. There just might be a change in the scar tissue development. Like we can't jump to conclusion until we know for sure. And so the whole waiting game was torture because you just have to keep trying to stay positive, not going there until it's actually reality. Like Mm -hmm. you don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. And so we had to wait for the process of like the scans getting sent to Boston, them to review it and then them to get in touch with us. And I feel like it was probably about a month or so. Mm -hmm. And the doctor got back to him saying he did agree that there was some change, but let's just continue to do the whole wait and see approach to make sure there's no continuous change. So we kind of had to just forget about it and wait for the next follow up. Mm -hmm. And, and and, um, the next follow up, was um, in Rosenheim, um, and then I, I, um, I asked them, um, just can you see a change from the last scan to this scan? And they said no. Mm-hmm. Um, so by all means, I. Um, was cause for celebration. Right, that's pretty good. And, uh, and we, it was right before right before we, our honeymoon. Right before our honeymoon. Um, so we, um, three weeks, or, yeah, three weeks? Yeah, we did. In uh, Italy? Yeah, we did three weeks in Italy. Yes. Nice. And yeah. it was the best because we were told by these... MRI techs that, yeah, they confirmed because he had two scans while we were in Rosenheim. So they compared the last scan to the current scan and gave us immediate feedback that there's no change. Mm -hmm. And so we were stress-free, like just we're again on cloud nine, Mm -hmm. touring around Italy on our honeymoon, not a care in the world. (laughs) And then we got home um, and then was it this first it second day and we got an email and sure enough dr chilka said okay this is um the tumor's back yeah the oh, tumor's man. back and um can you 
come down to Boston. <laughs> um, wow. But I didn't have health coverage, um, so I immediately had to get into BC Cancer Clinic and have uh, have them look at it. And that was crazy because um, we had all of our faith like this whole time in this like renowned surgeon in Boston and he was the guy that we relied on right. everything for. So not knowing anything about who to go to or who is good in Vancouver, like it just was really overwhelming not really knowing what to do with this information now that we're not covered in the States anymore. Right. And it was crazy because the the way they do it in the States, like we were fully covered, but they still submitted um, the invoicing breakdown on how much everything costs. And I remember getting the letter in the mail um, on the cost breakdown of the day of his surgery, and it was over 200 grand. <laughs> so we were like, okay, there's no option of going back to Boston. <laughs> so we had to, there was like a huge limbo of trying to figure out the right direction right. once we had to deal with it here. Cause again, it was different opinions. Like it was a crazy vast difference of opinions from everyone that Wade saw. Yeah. And I don't know if like I don't know if you want me to um the this is actually a really crazy story so the day that we were going to the cancer clinic I took a pregnancy test and we found out I was pregnant wow. and we were like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And so then we go to the cancer clinic and the oncologist um, tells Wade what we already know. He has a tumor. We have to deal with it. But he thinks that Wade shouldn't have surgery and he needs to dive right into chemo and radiation. And we instantly were just like, what? That doesn't make sense. Like mm -hmm. we don't feel comfortable leaving this in his head and then doing chemo and radiation and hoping for the best that that kills this thing. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't it, it would make more, more sense because from what we learned in the first surgery, it's way more complex of doing a biopsy. You may as well just remove it and then you do a biopsy and see what type of tumor it is. Wait for the pathology report. And once you have that information, you take the proper plan of action. And by doing it the first time around, they were able to confirm Wade didn't have to do chemo radiation because of the pathology report. It was a low-grade tumor. And so um, just hearing that, it just was unsettling because we didn't know what type of tumor this was and if it even needed chemo and radiation. And that in a, itself is so damaging. Like, we didn't want to just throw him into that. Right. And so he started talking about all the different side effects and... This is, these are the different outcomes of radiation and horrible things that could happen to you and change of personality, um, mm. chances of stroke and all these different things. And we just find out that same morning that we're pregnant and going to have this baby and then being told that Wade has to go through this horrible process of like, I don't know, it was just unbelievable. I just mm -hmm. remember not even really hearing what this guy had to say and right. just crying the whole appointment. And as soon as we submitted everything, our feedback to Dr. Chioka, 
he disagreed with his advice and was like, absolutely not. That's old way of, that's an old way of treating this. Like we need to remove the issue first and then reevaluate. So we just continuously did our homework until we found someone that was here or even just anywhere in Canada. We even got a referral Mm -hmm. from someone in Toronto who we would have like gone and seen if we felt it was the right match. But we luckily found a surgeon who was a hundred percent on the same page as Dr. Chioka and his name is um, Dr. Toyota, and he's in Vancouver. He's also world renowned, and we just felt so comfortable with him, and nice. mm-hmm. and we're able to just go for the surgery aspect mm-hmm. and reevaluate mm-hmm. once the pathology report was back again. Mm-hmm. And then uh, pathology report um, says um, wait and see, and so we waited and see. Um, and I trained and um, I headed to Texas and um, um, I think the last part of the season um, and um, then Carly came back and forth uh, to um, to watch me and be with me and yeah nice <laughs> so that was that was 2016 yeah 17 season so you're playing a little bit at the end of the season with uh, in Texas yeah in the East Coast League yeah and just to back up, not that, you know, uh, just it's it's amazing to me to hear, you know, and it's unfortunate and sad in some ways. You, you create such a personal relationship with that doctor in Boston. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a personal thing too, mm-hmm. right? It's like it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you come home and they seem to make it so impersonal and mm-hmm. so um this is your only option and yeah. this is the way we're doing it and um it's it's kind of you know in a way disheartening that mm-hmm. you know because you know you guys are really strong people you know and you sh- you know you just i can just tell like you're not you're not you don't take that you know mm-hmm. Uh, for an answer right you're gonna yeah. find out what's best for you guys mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and i'll bet you know so many people probably aren't able to do that they don't they're they don't know they're uneducated they're yeah. unaware they just go okay i guess yeah you yeah. know and if it's not the you know the best way it's it's unfortunate that that you have to go through that with you know kind of that impersonal um, Mm -hmm. approach to such a personal thing. So anyways, I just, I just kind of wanted to say that because that kind of, you know, that was like a huge thing that we talked about after Mm -hmm. because it was like, if we didn't know better and we never had the first experience Mm -hmm. in Boston, like we probably would have been those people like, uh, okay, I guess we're doing this. And at the time, which is kind of crazy. Like they were telling us that 
we told them in the appointment, well, like, what does this mean? Like, we just found out we're pregnant. And they're like, well, you need to, like, you can't be around him when he's going through radiation. We were told that, like, you know, I wouldn't even be able to help with, like, driving or be around him for a certain period of time after the treatment because, like, apparently there could be, like, radiation feeding off of him, which we later found out isn't even true, which is weird, too, but... But I don't know, it just, it's crazy because we would have just dove into that not knowing any better. Mm-hmm. And how many people do do that mm-hmm. and not think of other options or follow their heart and what they feel is right and do their research on doctors mm-hmm. and get second opinions. Like, it's so important to, if you feel like it's not 100% right, like this is your life. Mm-hmm. You're putting your trust and your faith in someone to help handle your life. Right. And yeah. like, especially for brain surgery, like there was no way that we were just going to go with whoever they threw us at. Right. Like we wanted to make sure we felt comfortable with whoever was going to be doing Absolutely. this type of surgery. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, inside everything else, it's, you know, it shows how much, um, you know, and I, I believe in this 100%, you know, trusting your gut, like, mm-hmm. Your gut doesn't lie. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, I I think that a lot of people don't acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And so it's great. It's amazing. You know, I'm so happy for you guys that that you believe that and Mm -hmm. that you were able to get, uh, you know, find what you needed Mm because that's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, I guess that it's it's not all like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mm-hmm. you know but anyways that was a little bit off topic but uh anyways no, but it's good a good point like yeah it's, yeah it blew our minds the yeah. way it was handled yeah. and yeah. we i guess like in bc there's the was it fraser health that's where it was considered like there's yeah. the bc clinic that's in fraser health which is kind of surrey mm-hmm. And then there's like the Vancouver, the BC cancer clinic. Right. And so we were just like, we, we were so turned off by that. Not that I sh- we shouldn't categorize that, um, cancer clinic no. as like them all being like that, but it just, we got such a bad vibe. We didn't want to go back right. there. So mm-hmm. you can only basic, like we talked about before you base it on your experience and, exactly. mm-hmm. and it's not, this is not uh, to bash any medical no. system or t- to bash any cancer clinics or no. cause they're obviously doing good things yeah, for people definitely. but your experience is what it is yeah and, mm-hmm. you know so you have to do what makes you feel comfortable exactly yeah. yeah all right cool well so we uh we just talked about being in texas 2016 2017 you got you got a clean bill of health at this point in texas is that right yeah 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 and then, so you decide to go back to Germany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Frankfurt. Nice. Yeah. And, um, and sorry, I just wanted to add that year was really interesting because the first year, sorry, the year that we were supposed to be in Frankfurt, Wade ended up taking the full season off and just finished the last bit of the season in Texas right. to mm-hmm. kind of come back from mm-hmm. the surgery. But it was so I just felt like my heart was broken for Wade because he's never been able to like win a championship. 
And of course, the year that um, <laughs> we were supposed to be in Frankfurt but weren't, they won the championship. Oh, man. And so it just was like another kind of like yeah. tug at the heart. And <laughs> I just felt so bad. Yeah. And so, but it was what it was. And we just wanted to, you know, go to Frankfurt with a fresh start. But I just wanted to add that because it just was such a different dynamic mm-hmm. going to Frankfurt for the second year. And who Wade had originally signed with kind of as a package deal. They were probably going to be line mates and everything. Um yeah, it definitely kind of, it was just a really interesting, different year going into a team that was all returning players. And then there was Wade yeah. that was supposed to be a part of the right. team. And he just kind of was trying to find his way in this new dynamic. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know if you can add to it, but it just, it was definitely hard seeing him go through that and right. trying to find his way right. on the team. Yeah. Um, but, um, I embraced it and, Mm -hmm. um, and I had a good season, um, and whether or not, um, I was playing first line and, um, whatever, but, um, um, I had a good season and, um, but, um, the playoffs were a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, we had a goalie, um, that, uh, was an import. Um, so we had five imports. Um, so we had um, an, imp- or an import sitting out every game for the last half of the season. Um, so it is what it is. Um, so um, then in playoffs, um, I was the odd man out. Um, because they were, um, they had, um, the captain, um, um, uh, CJ and Matt and the goalie and three of them were a part of their team last year and the coach was a part of the team last year. And so they, um, the coach told me that, um, I gotta go with who, I, um, who I got, um, here with last year. Um, so, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then, um, so they lost the first game, the second game, um, and then the coach got fired. Um, it was a crazy <laughs> in the playoffs. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was seriously so crazy. Um, and then the GM took over the team, and then decided that uh, he was 
going to play the same team that the coach um, got them like that they won with last year. Yeah. 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 And I was just like, okay. Um, So um, they were down. They they won their they won the game, and they were down two one. And then I got in. And then uh, I played really good, um, and then um, played three games, and then we won back to back to back, and then um, won the series. And then we played the um, semifinals, and then I was out. I don't know why, but I was out, and... uh, Sure enough, we lost two games, um, and then our, I was back in. We won, um, and then we lost in game six. And then I don't know. I was well. I wasn't re-signed, and um, um, and then uh, I had a contract or um I had a contract with Dresden um for this past season okay and then so after your season ended with Frankfurt Mm -hmm. in which you did have a really good season too I think I mean I wrote down you had 49 points in 49 games yeah so, I mean, that's, you seem to always be just to give you a little hockey shout out too, is that <laughs> you were like pretty much a point of game guy wherever mm-hmm. you played, Yeah, you yeah. know, couple up, couple down, but like yeah. literally. And then, you know, so man, it's like, it's such an amazing career, you know, <laughs> like we were talking about before all the stuff that you've written down and that, like, that's one thing too, you know, you're saying you know, when you. I think Carly was saying when you're writing the book, you kind of look back and go, man, that was pretty amazing what you've accomplished. And Mm -hmm. honestly, it it totally like, you know, you, you were, you had a great, you know, hockey career. Mm -hmm. Like it it was pretty amazing, you know, and despite all the stuff, like, I mean, all the human stuff, like the, the sports part of it. Yeah. Like you, you were a hockey player that obviously was, you know, that's what you were meant to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, despite all of those obstacles and all of those setbacks and all those things, you just kept going and going and going and still Never stopped him. 49 points in 49 games yeah. last year. And that's after you know? two brain surgeries. Exactly. <laughs> so anyways, man, I, I crazy. you know, I just want to, I just had to say that because, you know, uh, maybe we'll talk about it later too, but yeah, I just I, I had to throw that in there in case uh, you know people who listen to this, they probably they might go back to a hockey database or something and look yeah. at your stuff. But like, seriously, amazing man! Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say, but uh, <laughs> just like amazing what you've done despite all of your obstacles. Mm-hmm. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, awesome. All right, so. After Frankfurt, this is in 
um, what, like March of 18, March, yeah. a- April-ish yeah. of yeah, 18, you guys come back or yeah. are you still yeah. there? Uh, no, we come back. Um, we come back with our beautiful daughter, yeah. um, Ava James. <laughs> Ava, Ava was born in Germany? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that this was so like, cool. we were just so excited to come home because yeah. this was going to be a chance for her to meet like all of her family. We had a lot of visitors yeah. <laughs> that came out, but you know, there was a lot of people that of course couldn't. And we were just so excited yeah. to bring her home and have her a part of our yeah. friends and family and show her our home even yeah. like it just was surreal. It was mm-hmm. such a, it was like we were coming home from the hospital all over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, shortly it was probably a couple weeks or maybe not even the week or so after we got back wade was doing all this research on because we had just a little car and we wanted to get something that was better for like a stroller oh yeah so wade did all this research and um my cousin was working at a car dealership so she was kind of helping us figure out what car and we, it was on the island, so we went over to the island for like a little family trip. Do you want to, do you want to say it? Sure. Um, no, you can. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we went to the island to pick up her car and Wade was so excited. Like it just, like thinking of that day, it just makes me so sad because I know how excited he was Mm -hmm. for getting this car. And, um, we went, um, so the morning we went to go pick it up, we are, we went the night before, spent the night at my aunt's and, um, we thought, okay, well, we'll go first thing in the morning as soon as the dealership opens, because it takes a long time. But if we did it first thing, it just will be a lot faster. So Wade, is the kind of guy that sleeps in. <laughs> so waking up early is usually a struggle for him, but he was the first one up, so excited, go out the door, deal with getting the car, and um, we brought it back home to my aunt's, and Wade wanted to show it off to my uncle, so he took him for a quick spin around the block. And then as soon as they got back, we decided that we would go for a walk down to the farmer's market and just hang out for a little bit before heading back home. And we literally just walked like down a block and then all of a sudden Wade was making this noise that like I've never heard before. And as soon as I turned around, I knew something wasn't right and he was having a seizure Mm -hmm. and I couldn't even believe it. Like I was just in shock because, you know, this at this point he had only ever had, what was it? At that point, he'd only had three seizures before. And they all were like really spread out. Like it was Mm -hmm. at least a year apart. So it's not something that happens very often. And I just was in disbelief. Like I didn't even want to believe what was happening. And the first thing that like goes through your mind is like, oh my God, the Mm -hmm. tumor's back. And like I couldn't help but think that. And it, I was just so relieved to have my family with me because there's been, um, There'd been, I think the time before that, it was just me and him in Germany and it was just really hard dealing with that with no support. 
So having the support system, getting us through that, especially now that we had our daughter, Ava, like I can't imagine dealing with that alone with her and not knowing how to control the, both, both the dynamics. And so, um, yeah, there wasn't really much they were able to do because it, we just went into the emergency and they just made sure that all of his levels and everything right. were doing okay. And it was on the weekends, so he wouldn't have been able to get an MRI or anything. But when we gave his surgeon the update, he just rushed for an MRI just to get his follow-up sooner than later. And then the results came back that the tumor was back mm -hmm. again for the third time. And that was really, um, that was definitely a whole other dynamic because now we have this baby and just seeing, like, I don't know, it's just, I just, kind of interesting because I have this visual of like Wade and sorry I have a visual of Wade always every single time and his reaction to finding out that it's back and like knowing that he has to go through that whole process again of you know going for surgery going through the recovery like, I mean, I don't even know what that feels like or physically is like for him, mentally for him to go through, but it's just heartbreaking to see him have to be faced with that again and again. It's just unbelievable. Like, you know, he's just the nicest, most positive person I've ever met. And it's just really heartbreaking to see someone that you love and see someone that just doesn't deserve any of this. Yeah. I mean, no one does, but why I don't understand why things like this always happen to good people, you know? So yeah. that was really hard to prepare for once again. Yeah. It just seems like it's it's been like a regular thing right. for him to have to go through, which is crazy. It's brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Um, so... So that's a third, third surgery. Yeah. And that goes well. Are you? Yeah. You guys assume yeah. it goes well, yeah. and then. Yeah. And then, so I think we. We chatted. We met up. After, after third. After the third. After surgery. the third. Yeah. And, and both the second and third, like no, he had no. Um, side effects like he did the first one like the first right. one he lost mm -hmm. his speech and had to literally learn right. mm -hmm. how to talk again mm -hmm. which was so crazy but mm -hmm. the other two like there was nothing he came right. out talking right. motor skills everything was perfect it yeah. just was a matter of recovering from the surgery yeah. and then we talked and yeah. um and we had a good conversation yeah. and um you're, yeah you're pretty hopeful and yeah. just kind of taking it day by day yeah. and just and then, see what happens. Yeah. And then we discussed a uh, podcast and yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, well, Wade was suffering seizures. Like, um, I had, I had, uh, a seizure, um, in, uh, Whistler. Um, it was almost averaging like every week and a half, to mm -hmm. two weeks he was having seizures like on a regular basis mm -hmm. and that um was really 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 hard because um we 
there were times where we had it while it was just the three of us with our daughter. And um, like there was even this one time where Wade was actually holding her and knew he was about to have a seizure. Mm -hmm. And when you have a seizure, you lose control of your entire body. And he was somehow, I don't know how, but he was able to place her in her crib before he like went down. But it's just insane like having to deal with all of that. And um, uh, yeah, I don't know where I'm trying to get at with that, but it's just insane. Like it's just, it's just crazy seeing him have to go through right. that. Mm-hmm. Like, cause it just, that is going through a different type of pain. It's just constant battle. Yeah. 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 And it's the whole seizure dynamic. It's like, there's no reason, like there's no way of knowing fully why, like, and how we can manage it. And the safety aspect, like not only for himself, but our daughter. And like, it's just such a nightmare. Yeah. And, um, but there was seizures happening. So I think that's kind of what led us to find out, um, that the tumor came back right. within less than it was less than two months yeah. after his third surgery. And we were doing everything in our power to prevent this thing from ever coming back. We changed, like we said earlier, our diet a hundred percent. We cut out meat, we cut out processed foods, sugar a hundred percent. We even eliminated dairy. Um, and we were going to be committed to this for life. And then all of a sudden this happened again. And it was now, of course, like we didn't even have to be told it, but it's an aggressive tumor and finding out for that fourth time was like, we both just felt numb. Like it just was, I remember we called my mom and we're like, you need to take Ava tonight and we need just to process this on our own. And it was, it literally felt like we were living in this nightmare. Like it just doesn't even feel real that that even happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And that one was... Um, considered an emergency surgery because he was having um, a lot of these seizures and it was very scary. Um, the I think it was like the last cluster. Um, Wade had a seizure. It was the one where he had Ava and put her in the crib and I called my mom right away. She came over to help and she was hanging out for a little bit longer. Mm. And then I had another seizure. He had another seizure within like, I think it was an hour or two after the the last one. And that was so not normal. It was averaging like a week and a half to two weeks apart. Yeah. So the fact that it happened like that, it was just, that was like probably one of the scariest ones for me because I literally felt like I was losing him. Right. Like it just was... um, it was so scary and I'm just so happy I had my mom because she basically like I just I wasn't able to function like I don't even know what happened to me in that moment I literally felt like I um like I just was hysterical and usually I'm really strong during those moments but that was just really hard to see that happen again that close together and 
when he was told that he needed to go in for surgery, they booked him in just a couple days later. He basically had to check into the hospital the next day and right. had surgery the following day. Mm-hmm. So like not even any time to like just process it all. Like and it just yeah. was. And then straight into radiation and chemo. Yeah. This time it was a different type of tumor and we needed to now follow up with right. cancer treatment. And how, so that was about six weeks ago? No. Or more than that? That was, because there was a couple weeks we had to wait before because they <clears throat> wanted his brain to... Fully, um, fully recover. Before well, doing radiation. Yeah, so um, the, the um, surgery was August... 26th and um, I didn't start uh, radiation until six weeks after Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah and then um, and then six weeks of radiation and um, I'm on a six week break yeah I'm on a six-week break. Six-week break yeah. from it. And then they observe, kind yeah. of see. Yeah, I think that um, we won't know how the treatment is um, treating the tumor mm-hmm. until it's been a couple months after yeah. treatment. So I think in a couple of months we'll have a better idea of how it's responding. Right. Yeah, and but then it's gone. It's gonna be good oh yeah <laughs> for sure and we're doing um as soon as the surgery um as soon as this surgery has passed we change our diet once again yeah. <laughs> to a keto diet yeah. which apparently has a lot of success with wade's particular tumor right and this is going to be a lifestyle change yeah. for life and yeah, and we're doing integrated health where it's additional treatment in addition to the cancer treatment. Right. And we're basically just doing a lot of different things to just help our chances in every way possible to make sure this does not come back. Right. <laughs> we're doing everything in our power and we are confident. I mean, it's, it's not just about the diet. It's not just about the treatment. We're, we've learned so much along the way and like mm-hmm. it's so important to just stay positive, have no negativity Mm -hmm. and, you know, just basically focusing on mind, body and soul throughout this. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know what, that just, you know, it's, it's just amazing. And again, like, you know, how strong you guys are and how positive you are with, um, you know, despite all these obstacles, you know, and, uh, and looking at, at, you know, ways to, to stay healthy. And, you know, I'm sure, I mean, it sounds like it's given you guys a a different outlook on life and Mm -hmm. through this whole journey and what's really important and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, with, with Ava too and, and having oh, yeah. her grow up in that environment too that's going to be so special for her and, and empowering for her and you know looking after learning how to look after you guys teaching her about looking after your body and stuff yeah. like that and 
you know, cause I think you also, Carly, you said earlier too, you know, you got to do the best with what you have. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think you guys are, you know, definitely the epitome of that. And, you know, I, I thank you so much for sharing your story uh, with me. You know, it's, I'm honored and, you know, humbled after hearing everything. I mean, <laughs> I'm lost for words. Believe that I'm lost <laughs> for words, you know, because, you know, this isn't, you know, I, I, you're not, you're not telling this story be for hockey or, you know, this is, this is life, you know, mm -hmm. hockey's part of your life mm -hmm. and, you know, it's, and it's got you certain things in your life and, you know, you guys traveled around and all that stuff and lived in pretty cool places and, mm -hmm. and your daughter was born in Germany. So that's, yeah. that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it's just really neat, especially, you know, on a personal note for me to just hear, hear stories and about, you know, that you can as a human, you know, as a human, we can get through things, you know, and, and you guys looking at the positives of this, it's unbelievable what you have been through <laughs> and crazy. how many times. You know, it's the old, it's a cliche, but you know, there's that Rocky quote and it just says, you know, it's not about how many times you get, you know, knocked down. So how many times you get up, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys, like, honestly, I just cannot believe how strong you are and how, you know, how, you. how much of an awesome team you seem to be, you know, like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's, it's really cool to see. Like, I, I love it. And, you know, um, I know there's, you know, there's stuff going on and, and who knows what's going to happen, but you know, hopefully, hopefully today you guys are good and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you guys, yeah. you know, it's yeah. Yeah. And it's then, cool. um, all, all things considered, um, I'm gonna train hard and, uh, Go back to hockey. <laughs> <laughs> He's still, good, man. I, I, still I can't, has that. In yeah, him. I, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's an unbelievable because you know, as a kid, being not able to make these teams that he deserves to be on, and going through just those struggles too, dealing with way bigger struggles mm -hmm. like this, like he never has let anything get in his way of continuing on with right. his dream. And I just think it's just so inspiring because so many people would have given it up so long ago and mm -hmm. he's still, yeah. <laughs> he's going through chemo radiation and he still has that in him where yeah. he really wants to get back and, and we'll support him with whatever he yeah. wants to do. Absolutely. I will too. However, <laughs> however I can help. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'd love to be there to see that man for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's crazy. All right. Well, I think, you know, I, I think we, I think we got some good stuff there and, uh, mm -hmm. I know there's a GoFundMe mm -hmm. out there. Is that something that you guys, that we can, we can, uh, talk about it or promote it or, yeah. you know, um, I mean that in itself has been <laughs> so humbling. Yeah. So um, surreal. And, uh, 
I want to thank everyone Mm -hmm. out there um, who contributed to the GoFundMe, whether it's $5 or $15,000, like, um, (laughs) well, and you know what, honestly, and, and I'll say this just from my end and the, you know, the little bit that I know you guys and, uh, you know, it's a true, a true sign of the people that you are. And, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's the support you're getting because of who you guys are. I think like the, it was very, it was something that took us back a lot more than anyone could ever imagine because, you know, everything that we're doing, especially the extra medical stuff that's not covered Mm -hmm. by medical, it's so expensive. Like it's not something we would be able to afford if it wasn't for this support system. But not only that, but like, you know, the loss of like an income and it's just with a new baby, like it's just been, it's been really overwhelming. And when that thing was established, it was, there's so many mixed emotions Mm -hmm. from it because we're not the kind of people that would ever want to ask, like even our parents for support financially. Like it's not something we feel we would ever want to do. And when that was decided to put together for us, like it's something that we were just beyond grateful for, Mm -hmm. so relieved because it was a a huge weight lifted off our shoulders, Mm -hmm, but we felt almost like in a weird way, like embarrassed and, but so humbled. Like there was so much more positivity (laughs) that came from it, of course, but like, it's just so never in a million years did we ever think that would be something we would need. You see these GoFundMes. And I think that was a really hard thing that I had was you go on to GoFundMe and you see people that have like lost homes and fires and mm-hmm. are raising money for their children who are going through cancer or like just so many different things. And like I had a hard time, um, I guess, accepting the fact that we do need the financial help ourselves mm-hmm. when I do see everything else. Cause you know, we live in a home, we live in a beautiful like area we have like clothes on our back we're just so lucky as is but then to have that kind of support so that we can give Wade like the best Mm -hmm. medical care that he needs to get through this and to help us out through this hard time like it's just it's so surreal to have that and I think that one of the biggest things that we learned from that that is just so surreal is that you know a lot of people don't get the opportunity in life to see firsthand the amount of love and support they have Mm -hmm. from everyone. Like, I mean, from your loved ones, your family, your friends, but even from acquaintances, people we haven't even met and people that like just have met us in passing or know us through Mm -hmm. a friend of a friend. Like Mm -hmm. it's just so surreal that we, get to in our lifetime see firsthand that outpour of love to us like usually when you see that it's people show I guess their love like through like say a service but you're not even around to see that yeah (laughs) like for us to be able to experience that firsthand I think it just inspires us to really 
I don't know, give back, but also just showing that we care of everyone around us as well and showing our love towards them in any way we can because it's something that a lot of people don't get to see firsthand and, I don't know, just experiencing that in itself Mm -hmm. and seeing the amount of people literally from all over the world, like Germany, throughout North America, like it's it's just crazy. It's been a surreal mm-hmm. thing to see firsthand. Yeah. And, wow. yeah. That's amazing. I'm really, truly happy for you guys, you know. And uh, again, to me, looking at it from the outside, you know, it's a direct reflection of you guys. Oh, so, thank you. you know. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah, I think... Uh, I think we're pretty good. Yeah. And we can do it again too. Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh it can be an ongoing thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The McLeod hour. <laughs> <laughs> well thank so, you so much yeah. though. Yeah, thank no, you very much. I, I wanna see I'm humbled to be here and having you guys share the you know, the story with me and um yeah, I just uh you guys are a true inspiration as a team. Well, that was an amazing conversation with two amazing humans, Wade and his wife, Carly. They've been handed their fair share of obstacles in the past few years, and they have shown massive strength and human perseverance in overcoming those obstacles. And I hope that you were able to get something out of this conversation. I'm truly grateful that they allowed me to help them share their story. I think it's a story that is a human story and I think it's a story worth sharing. And they also have a GoFundMe page set up. It's at gofundme.com, Wade McLeod Cancer Fund. So if you are thinking of donating at this time of year, please check out their GoFundMe page. They have some expenses with medical bills, etc. And any little bit would help out. So that being said, thank you again for joining me on Beyond the Big Red Truck podcast. Stay tuned for more podcasts coming up. At the end of the year, we'll do a recap. It's going to be, it's going to be pretty cool and help others. So stay tuned. Please like, please share. Please follow on Instagram, Facebook. Check out the website, beyondthebigredtruck.com. Got some, some really cool stuff coming up. Have an amazing December, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. I'm Brad, and this is Beyond the Big Red Truck Podcast. 